Hello, welcome to the For Pete's Sake podcast. I'm David O'Connor with eXp Realty. And I'm Alex Blankheimer with eXp Realty. And today we're going to be reviewing the Peterborough City June 2023 market stats. And as usual, we got the deal of the month and we got the tip of the month for you. Alex, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Uh, yeah, things are going well. Enjoying the summer. It's crazy to think about how quickly it's flying by. I remember it was, felt like, I don't know, last week that we recorded the, the May episode. So, yeah, it's a little bit nuts. What about you? Oh, it's good. You know, summer, kids keep busy, right? You think you're you're going to have more time, but you have less time. But uh, yeah. you, got, you got a big event coming up in October, don't you? Yeah, yeah, getting uh, getting married, tying the knot. So that'll be that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah, uh, fun thing that happened this week is uh, played squash for the first time. You ever played squash? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I play some squash. I, yeah, it's yeah, way, oh, yeah. it's way more fun than tennis. I got to tell you. I mean, I I don't play squash, but we should play a game really soon and bet a lot of money on it. Yeah, we should. We should. They, <laughs> we should uh, film it. We went to Trent. We should film it. We went to Trent uh two days ago and um yeah it was, it was 17 bucks for for the family to go go play um and yeah it's a great time so check that out and definitely we should we should bet on it and film it yeah i'll piggyback on that the um the peterborough squash club it's up shimong uh it's it's just phenomenal i i hadn't played squash in a long time and i joined 2019 mm-hmm. uh maybe late 2018 and played up until the pandemic and then i haven't been back i really need to uh dust off the old racket but yeah it's good are you a goggles guy or no oh no i know you should wear goggles but i don't i'm i'm i'd, I'd sooner like turn my head yeah 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 the need it. The when you're playing good players you don't need goggles but it's like the people who just don't know what they're doing then sometimes yeah, I'm like, you like, know, let me put on some full headgear <laughs> yeah you're gonna want the headgear when we play i've seen some of the damage done i've seen people's welts on their eyes and they had goggles yeah so yeah i'm a big um advocate of the eye goggles but uh, don't uh do what i do just do what i say right yeah exactly all right man well thanks for preparing the deck let's uh let's jump into this yeah yeah let's see how we're looking so yeah there's a typical agenda there a little bit of an intro uh let's start i guess with the intro and let's talk about the uh, the lovely Bank of Canada. We're not going to touch too much on this, but uh, we had an increase on July 12th of a 0.25% to the Bank of Canada's overnight rate. And that bumped their overnight rate up to 5%. And it officially marks, I believe it's the highest interest rate um, since 2001. So that's a little bit nuts. And it pushed your variables into the, the sevens. Uh, roughly, you can kind of go low sevens, maybe for your variable rate and your fixed rate, I believe is sitting around the, the low sixes, uh, for most of the big five banks, uh, but definitely speak with a mortgage broker to get a more official number. Aren't they talking, uh, September, there might be another increase, right? Yeah, I hope not because I mean, we won't touch it on really macro stuff, but let's kind of just speak about boots on the ground. Uh, we're definitely seeing some declines in buyer demand uh, and, and also seller demand, which is a little bit strange to think about. But 
these sellers from the conversations I'm having, they're hesitant to sell because they don't want to break their mortgage and have to renew or take a blended rate at a five or a six. If they, you know, locked in a 2% fixed for five years, why would I break my mortgage and move somewhere and potentially pay a, a five or a 6%? So a little bit of hesitancy from those sellers. And they're also uh, nervous to sell because they've noticed the buyer's purchasing power decline because those interest rates have gone up. Maybe you could afford a 700,000 before, and now you can only afford a 650. So that ultimately brings the value of a seller's house down because the seller's house is worth whatever a buyer is willing to pay for it. So I'm definitely seeing those conversations throughout the market, uh, just anecdotally speaking, talking with sellers, talking with buyers. There's a lot of hesitancy going on in the market. What about you? What are you seeing? Yeah, pretty much same thing. Same thing you're seeing. Um, I, I thought like getting some listings, it was going to be great. People are starting to hold and uh, you know, they're, they're going to sell themselves, but it looks like um, us realtors with listings still have to, still have to work, which I don't mind. But, yeah. 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 It's, it's a mixed market and it's, I almost find like week to week or neighborhood to neighborhood. It's just different. It's like at a lower price point, maybe you can hold in this market here uh, in a neighborhood where something would normally go at, at seven, it's just not moving. It's, it's almost like you just got to stay um, close to the numbers and monitor what's happening. And uh, it's changing week to week. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. It's nuts. And it, it definitely, like, I know it was only a quarter point, but it, it definitely kind of felt like it punched sentiment right in the stomach. And, uh, you know, buyers and sellers are both like, okay, well, I'm listening to the news and this, even though it was only a quarter point, this really hurt. And, and it really hurt the sentiment. It felt like things were kind of going strong a bit uh, before the June hike. But yeah, definitely two yeah. back to back quarter points. It seems to have deflated the market. And didn't you find the, 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 the last one uh, didn't didn't impact the market, but was just humming along nicely. And we got hit with the first quarter point. And then I, I feel like it didn't impact much. And then this second one, though, you're right. It just knocked the wind out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, let's see what happens the next six months. But here's kind of year over year. Not a huge decline in average price. I mean, 3%. That's not uh, it's pretty. I mean, it's a decline, but it, it's not as bad as we had seen earlier in, in this year in that crazy spring market. Um, new listings are down sales deep increased by 44% roughly. So that's awesome to see a lot more buyer activity in June. Again, despite what happened on July 12th, we did see a pretty strong June market, uh, comparatively speaking year over year days to sell has also gone up, um, slightly, but I, I think we're still under a month for days to sell, which is pretty good for sellers. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Well, they jump out like the days to sell makes sense to me because we, we we're starting to hold there um, on, on a lot of properties so that they're moving quick. But now the appetite for holdings not there for most price points. So they're sitting a little bit longer and it's the days of summer like it starts in June. I'm feeling it. The, one thing is I, it does feel like it, even though there's a lot going on, it, it does feel like a traditional year. Like summer gets a little sluggish. We had a pretty good spring. I'm just hoping it continues that way. And then uh, we have a nice little pop in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to predict. Um, it, I think it all, all depends on kind of how the buyers and sellers adjust to, to the news that's coming out. Um, it, it, again, I, I can't say, I can't say it's really tough to predict. And I, I think anyone that's telling you 
what's going to happen three, four months from now, you should probably take with a grain of salt because they probably don't know either. Yeah. Not to two mile own horn, but remember I thought by June, um, we would catch up year over year. Yeah. Yeah. The other prediction I made was we would spike in year and by the end of the year we'd be back. Remember I thought our January, uh, average sale price would be very similar in December, but I thought it'd be a roller coaster up then it would come back down. So yeah, where we end. Yeah, let's look at this graph and see how uh, how the roller coaster is looking. Yeah, I mean, look at that. You, you, you spiked there in 2022 spring. You come back down and then we started to go back up slightly. You had a crazy, I believe that was March um, when we looked at that. Yeah, I believe that's March or April, sorry, yeah, where it was 6, 6.95. Yeah, I remember that. that those April down. numbers caught us off guard. Uh, we, we knew it was going to go up, but I, that was quite the jump in April. Huge jump. Yeah, huge jump. I think it was, that was the one where it was like a 12% increase or something. Yeah, but then month it, over month. And now it's corrected the next two months. Yeah, yeah. And we're sitting there about at six, six, six thirty-four for June. Yeah. Now, what's great to see is do you look at the May to June jump last year where we almost lost $100,000? And you look at this year, I mean, 10, I think that's $12,000 roughly. Yeah, that's not bad month over month. It is a decline, but it's not as extreme as we saw last year. Yeah, so so new listings. I mean, nothing really surprising here. When you look at that graph, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, June tends to be one of the hottest months for new listings, which is uh, ironic because it's also one of the hottest months for weather. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was... It is typically a busier month, but the other thing too is, we just saw that spike in April for uh, average price. So, but those numbers come out in May, so you have sellers, potential sellers, seeing those, you know, that the the price is soaring, and by the time they prepare their property, they're going to market, you know, in June. So, I also think that could be a little bit of a uh, influencing it as well. Yeah, yeah, and you could see that on a uh, on a year over year basis as well because the spring market tends to be pretty hot you get those those sellers that see those spring stats and come to market in in june so yeah you can see there i mean a pretty big spike if you look at the march number we're almost 100 new listings for the month above that march number 98 versus 193 so pretty crazy to see there uh again we're still a little bit behind what we were last year when everything was crazy same kind of effect I would think where you had that crazy spring run up and sellers prepared their home for sale finally came to the market in June so yeah definitely cool to see that yeah and if it's kind of feeling like a typical um season then you'll you'll see a drop July August as you know vacations ramp up people are doing families are doing vacations and and then we'll get that hopefully that spring or sorry fall pop yeah for sure for sure and now we can look at number of sales again You've got some activity increasing month over month there, um, which tends to be pretty typical, at least the way the graph's looking, where you see a little bit of a dip kind of in that winter, and then it increases up to the summer. That's a pretty good jump. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, one, 118 down from or up from 96. And you look at 65 in March, 50 in February, that 118 is looking pretty good. So, yeah, it's, it's neat to see. It's it's also great to see, again, similar to the new listings, you see a lot of activity, really, in terms of sales in the in the month of June. 
So it's interesting to see that. I know you touched on it last slide, but definitely, you know, the kids coming out of school, maybe you're you're seeing a little bit of a dip in July, which we we certainly saw last year. Let's see if we we see it in 2023. It's interesting. A lot of these slides, if you remove 2020, 21 and 22, you know, the pandemic and the kind of coming back from the pandemic, then 2023 it looks like it's trending like 2018, 2019 in a lot of these slides. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now here's here's a fun one to look at. This is uh this is your active listings uh, versus number of sales. So this is a good way to kind of gauge the supply and demand in the market. It's you know it's really tough to gauge the demand, but this is kind of one way we can look at it: the number of sales, the number of buyers that transacted during the month. So you've got your blue bar as the number of sales and your green bar as the number of active listings. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, it's it's been pretty steady now for a little while. Definitely, yeah, it seems. 2023. Yeah, yeah, it seems like uh, that difference between the green and blue bar, it is increasing slightly, but it, it's definitely been pretty steady as that green bar goes up, that, that blue bar seems to go up as well. Yeah, and it looks like the green's gone up just a little bit, and that will probably tie into uh, what I think is coming next because the days on market went up a little bit. So I always note when we show this slide, it's not new listings, it's active. So you have spillover from the previous month as well. So if it's taking a little bit longer to sell, it would make sense why the uh, month over month green seemed to have gone up just a little bit there. Yeah, so you see the number there. Um, you can look at a difference between those active listings and the number of sales. You can see that slightly increase. I mean, maybe it's by eight, maybe it's by 10 every month, but it is slightly increasing. Uh, you compare that to 2022, where in some cases, at least in the winter, we saw a crazy amount of sales for the month and a very low amount of active listings. That seems to have flipped, thankfully. And we're seeing more active listings than we are sales now. So, yeah, let's see if that trend continues. Um, you do see a huge difference in June of 2022, 205 active listings, 82 sales for the month. Not as big a difference in June of 23, 171 active listings and 118 sales. So a lot more sales, but slightly less new or active listings. Mm -hmm. And like you said, days to sell. So uh, it is a little interesting there. You can see a slight downtick. Again, not crazy. Maybe it's one day um, for days to sell. So roughly the same, okay, okay. two days. Yeah, so I was, so, I was wrong. I, I thought the days to sell went up, but it went down. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. It looks like it went went down uh, year over year and, and slightly went down month over month. Not a huge change there. I mean, 18 versus 16, it's pretty much the same. And we've seen that pretty stable uh, since March. Yes, it has declined since March, but you got 20, 18 and 16. So not a huge change. You know, roughly it's gonna take you two, two and a half weeks to sell your home. Yeah, and kind of on average. July will, will be up a few days at least just because it seems that you know, there's less holdings things seem to be sitting just a little longer in the last month yeah i agree um months of inventory again take this one with a grain of salt it does say one so sellers i mean you can still get excited but we're not necessarily at one uh i, I don't know if i took a picture of the graph 
but we're just slightly below two. So we did see a drop in months of inventory, which means the market is getting a little bit tighter and statistically moving more towards that seller's market than it has previously this year uh, for Jan, Feb, March, April, May, and now June, we're lower than we were in all of those months. So the market is tighter than it was in the previous months this year. Yeah, I was expecting to see that start to go the other way, but not yet. Yeah, it's not a huge jump. Uh, I think it was, we're, we're pretty much, I think we dropped a sliver, but that sliver did put us down in the 1.95 instead right. of, you know, the two, the 2.05. So we dropped a sliver, but we did actually come down month over month. So definitely statistically moving more towards that seller's market. Now, this is interesting. Um, we touched on this last month and, and it's something that we're going to keep doing. Uh, but it, it's it's the price distribution in June. So what we did was we analyzed all of the sales in June and tried to stick them in a price bracket. So what's neat here is you see the most amount of sales. So the most amount of homes that sold, sold under $500,000. So that's a really interesting statistic because look here, you can see 21% sold under $500,000. So we look at that and, okay, maybe we can start to see why that price dropped month over month because there was a higher amount of those sales were a lower price than they were last month. And we can see that again, 58% of the sales of the homes sold under that $650,000 mark. Yeah, so sweet spot. Yeah. I just, I haven't seen a lot in that over 800 to like a million or 1.1 range there just hasn't been a lot of options for buyers yeah yeah it's definitely a market where i mean you can see under that five hundred thousand dollar mark it's generally your first time buyer product uh, those tend to get scooped off the shelf pretty quickly because we have so many first-time buyers that are just waiting to get into home ownership Whereas that 800,000 and up, you really, I mean, that's your move up buyer. Maybe you're moving into your forever home. Uh, you know, maybe you're trading up from a 750 to 800 and you want to go purchase that, you know, 900 to a million dollar, either new build waterfront or home in the West end. So yeah, definitely seeing a lot more activity from those first time buyers. And it's, it seems to be reflected here in the price distribution. Yeah, I think it's you'll always see more at this price point because you got the first-time home buyers, you got the downsizers, and then in especially in Peterborough with the with the university and the college, there's there's a lot of investment properties, and we've seen a, a decent turnover in those uh, lately too. So yeah, it's not so yeah, yeah, and it is tough to uh, to find an investment that that makes sense um, in this market. Luckily, we did find one for our deal of the month. But let's talk about this uh, this tip of the month. So. Dave, talk to me a little bit about maybe what are some signs that the market might be shifting? So what do we see as realtors where either we're kind of shifting from a seller's market to a buyer's market or we're shifting from a buyer's market to a seller's market? What are some signs that we can look for that we can perhaps tell uh, the general public kind of what we see and how we can indicate whether or not that market might be moving towards, you know, maybe a buyer's or a seller's market? Yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. I guess one is just in year over year is a good example. This time last year or a little bit earlier in 2022, you were seeing a lot of buyers having to go in clean with no conditions. Uh, 
because we're in such a heavy seller's market right now. There's there's an appetite. I'd say a good percentage, almost a vast majority of sales right now are, are conditional um, with at least a finance and inspection on it. So so there's more of an appetite to get conditions in if you're a buyer right now, which is good because people are going in reckless and they're taking on a lot of risk last year. So um, yeah, I'd say that's one thing is just seeing a lot of the deals that are happening the last few months getting um, being done with conditions in place. Yeah, yeah. And particularly, I mean, I think we've both seen one condition that probably wouldn't have uh, flown in, in in the past, you know, couple of years. It's that sale of buyer's property condition. I'm shocked how many I'm seeing in the market where I'll, I'll look kind of every day and we'll look at, okay, what are the conditional sales? And you can see what type of condition most of the time is attached to that sale. And I'm seeing probably it was crazy there. I think for, for a week or two, I had seen maybe one in eight, maybe one in 10 had a sale of buyer's property condition on it, which is rare. That That's rare because basically if you're trying to buy a home, this condition is the best condition for you to put in. If you have to sell your house in order to buy that home, you're protected to the nines if you have this condition in your offer. But as a seller, okay, why would I want to I, I can only sell, I, I'm going to set up a scenario where I only sell my home if that buyer sells their home. Well, what if that buyer overprices their home and it sits on the market for 40 days and now my home drops in value because the market's going down? Why would I want to take that risk? So that's a huge sign, I think, that we're starting to see the market shift is we're seeing more and more sale of buyer property conditions getting accepted. It's one thing to submit that with your offer. It's a whole other thing for a seller to accept that. Yeah, to me, it means there's just less offers on property because if if I'm the listing agent and we get an offer in on our property that has an SOBP, but there's nobody else, then why not accept it? Because all of those conditions come with um, an escape clause. And if it doesn't, you, you counter offer to get the escape clause in. So if you've got no other buyer, why not accept it? If you like all the other terms, if you like the price and the closing and all the other terms of the deal, um, when they submit that offer, they they, they have the um, property, then they name the property they have to sell. So you usually vet that before you accept it. And sometimes I even have yeah. a conversation about what price are you thinking about going in at? So why not, if you like the price and everything else and your house isn't selling, why not accept it if there's only one offer? Because you can still show your property, accept another offer and potentially bump that offer as well. So, yeah. so yeah. that's to me, it's a sign that there, there's these properties are only getting one offer or one good offer. So, so, so they'll, yeah. they'll play with the SOVP as long as they have an escape clause. Yeah. Yeah. Or the property has been sitting for a while and, and now it's like, okay, well, we haven't received an offer in 45, 50 days. And now we get one that's, I mean, most of the time you will get pretty close to list price. If, if you are going to have an SOBP from a buyer on an offer, you know, most of the time you're listed at 650, it's going to be a, a 650 with an SOBP. Um, and, and that is another sign of the market because we're not in a total buyer's market yet. Buyers do have to pay if they do want to submit an offer with an SOBP. But again, best case scenario for that buyer is they have the opportunity to get a certain price for their home so that they can pay that 650 and move up into their future home and i can't wait to get into a buyer's market so we can bring back vendor take back mortgages oh yeah and get creative and, and do things like that but um maybe a uh, a tip for next month we can we can talk about vendor take back mortgages 
Yeah, or maybe we'll start trying to to bring them back. Yeah, I've only ever gotten a couple in uh, on the residential side, but obviously they're commonplace uh, on the commercial side. Yeah. Okay, so deal of the month here. We've got uh, 82 Almer Street North uh, units one and two. So remember I was telling you guys that we had a sweet duplex deal for you here. Well, here we are. Um, so you can see here, we've got a legal brick duplex in Peterborough's downtown. It offers two, two bedroom units. So it's each unit is, I'm guessing a two bedroom, one bathroom and it's legal. So that means that the city has come through and said, yes, this is allowed to be a duplex. You can see here, they had an electrical site assessment done and they also had a fire inspection come through and approved that yes this is a safe dwelling for two separate units which is awesome to see now here's where it gets even more awesome the main floor tenant currently pays 1950 per month wow so that is pretty cool why is that pretty cool well what I did was I kind of took a rough estimate for a mortgage and I went over to RBC. They have a mortgage calculator and with 20% down on a $400,000 purchase price or $80,000, you need a mortgage of $320,000. Now your monthly payment on that mortgage with a current interest rate of 6.29%, you've got a fixed rate amortization 25 years. Again, this is all taken from that RBC mortgage calculator. I didn't plug anything in except for the mortgage amount, $320,000. So your monthly mortgage payment would be $2,102.87. And 1950 of that is getting covered by the tenant. And that would be if you wanted to live in the other unit. If you didn't want to live in the other unit and you wanted to rent it out for another 1950, well, now you're just looking at, you know, maybe an extra 1800 roughly of monthly income that you can devote towards you know your maintenance if you want property management vacancy you can run all your numbers on that but it gives you a nice surplus to work with if you're able to get this property for four hundred thousand dollars so i mean a couple pictures here just of the exterior so we we don't actually have any pictures of the interior and in terms of neighborhood you're on almer street north so you are really in the downtown core. Um, so we'll see here if it pulls pulls up the location. Uh, so there's Del Crary Park right there, uh, home of the Peterborough Music Fest for the summer. Come check that out if you haven't already. There's Little Lake there. So you can actually launch a kayak or canoe um, off of Crescent Street, I believe right here. The art gallery is also right here. You are in this central location for Peterborough. That's kind of why the price is what it is. And you're also kind of next to, you back onto this plaza right here, which has uh, Lakeview Bowl. It also has, yeah. um, I believe there's a pizza pizza in there as well. So you've got kind of some commercial shopping in here. And here's your location right here, kind of on the corner of Rink Street and Almer Street North. So you're definitely downtown, which is where we do see a lot of these multiplex um, dwellings. But, I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. This one makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, this one, this one is holding. So I, I suspect this one will sell um, a, a decent bit above uh, this list price. But even, even if you get, get this in the mid fours, the, the numbers look really strong. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, 1950 of income right now, and then you've got a vacant two bed, one bath unit, um, which what would you say a, a two bed, one bath unit rents for right now? I mean, the other side is 1950. So I think you could comfortably run numbers at 1800. Yeah. I'm guessing and, at that price that that's a newer tenant because uh, yeah. that, that seems on par for that area. Um, like around sure. two, a two grand. Yeah. Like if, if you're getting four uh, for that, and you're only in it well for a mortgage payment of 450 um yeah yeah i, th I think you're, you're you're sitting pretty and again prime location for a short walk to downtown the buses you know there there's a decent amount of student houses in that area yep and i believe a bus runs up and down george street right here um so yeah definitely easy access um to i mean the downtown to del curry park to little lake Crescent Street's a beautiful walk. If you ever get the chance, definitely walk down there. One of my favorite spots. Little Lake Cemetery is also a beautiful spot. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely a cool property there. If you have any questions about it, you want to know what it sells for, just give us a holler and uh, we'll, we'll let you know. We'd love to kind of also help you out if you need to run any numbers on it. Awesome. There we go. Another one in the books there, yeah. Alex. Yeah, another one in the books. I don't know what episode this is, if we're on episode nine or ten. Um, I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's always a pleasure. Nine. This is the ninth. Episode nine. Right on, right on. I'm always a pleasure. Thank you for your time, Dave. And yeah, uh, can... thanks for your input on everything. I, I, it's awesome getting to do these with you, so I appreciate your time. No, no. And again, I appreciate you putting all this together. And maybe episode ten will be uh, on the squash court. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll do a little blooper reel before we start. Of you missing all those uh, all those squash balls? We'll see. I'll have to uh, I'll have to dust it out and practice again. Or maybe I'll just go in cold. I'll give you uh, yeah, what I call the tour. I just drop drop to the front to the back. You got cardio. Uh -oh. We'll test yeah, we'll test yeah. cardio. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. The only, the only problem is I probably won't break a sweat, so I won't get a. I, I probably will. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, we'll definitely yeah. get some video. I'll just. In the least, if we don't shoot an episode from there, I'll at least uh, randomly cut um, highlights of our match into the, one of the podcasts. Perfect. I got you. All right, man. Well, All right, brother. Let's sign again. us off here. Here we go. Uh, thanks for joining, everybody. Thanks for watching. Again, uh, our contact info is down below. If you want to reach out, you have any questions about anything, just feel free to reach out anytime. And uh, without further ado, th 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 that's all, folks. Take care.